Emergency Flyover Country Podcast, live from Fancy Farm, Kentucky, behind the stage. The speakers are done, and we're just getting started here on Flyover Country. Attention passengers, we ask that you please fasten your seatbelts at this time and secure all baggage underneath your seat or in the overhead compartments. Flyover Country with Scott Jennings is prepared for takeoff. Here we are in western Kentucky, the Jackson Purchase, Graves County, in Fancy Farm, home of St. Jerome's Parish and the 142nd annual St. Jerome's Catholic Church Picnic, colloquially here in Kentucky known as the Fancy Farm Picnic and the big marquee event for people like us, Kevin, Sean, Joe, Jared, is the political speaking that takes place under the big pavilion here and I have to say, guys, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off the conversation. This is a reaction pod to what happened at Fancy Farm, and I will say I've been coming down here as a political operative or a part of the media since 2000, so 22 years. This is the rowdiest, chippiest. Our sign just fell. Most down. Unex- <laughs> unexpected. All right, this is the rowdiest, <laughs> like chippiest Fancy Farm. I mean, when you when you listen to what happened between Charles Booker and Kelly Paul. And then what happened between Ryan Quarles, who took some shots at Daniel Cameron, and then the Democratic reaction to Cameron. It was a big crowd. It was large, boisterous. I mean, chippy. I don't know. What do you guys think, Kevin? Yeah, Fancy Farm lived up to it this year. It is hotter than blazes out here. The crowd is excited. It is packed. After a couple years of uh, smaller events, this was great. It was great to see both sides engaged. And yeah, Scott's exactly right. Both sides were organized. They knew what they were going to do when they got in here. I thought the speeches were great. Uh, I'm, I want to hear your favorite parts. Well, I, I, I agree with Scott. I mean, these these crowds yeah. are really into their speakers. We have a ton of excitement for these elections coming up. And there goes the sign again. Oh, <laughs> there goes the sign. It's windy. Uh, yeah. but the, the crowd <laughs> yeah. was feeding feeding off the speeches the, the speakers were feeding off the crowd yeah it was a, you saw the relationship happen and that's why people love coming down to fancy farm you know i think sean you just raised an interesting point and and you really had interaction between the speakers mm-hmm. and the crowd booker had interaction daniel cameron had interaction you really saw that kelly paul had interact i mean you really saw speakers leaning into the crowd more than just staring straight down and reading from a text and the crowd was more than happy to oblige it it was it was very performative this year and they were interacting with each other too i mean you saw shots coming back and forth between both sides of the aisle which uh is what makes it so much fun down here it's not just delivering a canned speech it's uh it's knowing that your opponent's right there and you're going to say some things about it we've had several years in a row where it was a little less than exciting you know we had Mm -hmm. people doing their speeches kind of going through the motions the democrats boycotted last year so they didn't have anybody here Uh, obviously we missed one year for COVID and so it's good to see Fancy Farm back the way I remember it when I was starting out in politics where people showed up for this thing and it was game day and you came with a plan you came with a message and your crowd was into it that's why it was so important for Charles Booker to be here I mean the governor of Kentucky Andy Beshear is trying to kill this event He's trying to kill this event. He doesn't like it. He doesn't want to be here. I'm sure he doesn't want to be at a Catholic church that's pro-life. I'm sure he doesn't want to be seen with Charles Booker. But he's trying to kill this event. But I think both parties today sent a strong message. This event's not going to be killed. In fact, it might be stronger than ever. Jared? Yeah, I mean, the death of Fancy Farm has been greatly exaggerated, right? Like, that's probably my takeaway here. The crowd was rowdy, despite it being a a blazing hot day, right, that people could have stayed home and watched in the AC. Um, The the one thing I'll know, almost every candidate, I think, 
mentioned sort of some sort of unifying message too. We've had a lot of disasters both here in West Kentucky and East Kentucky. And so again, this idea that it's like hostile and everybody hates each other. No, it's good energy. It's good fun. It's good politics uh, with a good message at the end of the day. Uh, this sort of like unity about disasters. I like that too. So again, the death of, of Fancy Farm from here on out, greatly exaggerated. Or we're at a Catholic church, so the resurrection. This this proved, by the way, because Bashir, you know, first of all, he planned a trip to Israel to get out of coming down here. And then he used the Eastern Kentucky flooding as the excuse. A, he could have come here because every speaker in both parties proved that you can not only honor the victims of these weather disasters, but also you can do your politics at the same time. You you can do both. And for Bashir to skip it, he could have chopped her over. In fact, it would have been a boss move to chop yeah. her in here oh, yeah. and say, and say, look, and here's a true story. Nobody knows better what the people of Eastern Kentucky are going through than the people of Graves County. Nobody knows better. They just had the tornado. He could have delivered that. He's got a story to tell, but that's the reality is he doesn't want to be here. His lieutenant governor doesn't want to be here. And I think it has really to do with his national ambitions. But let's focus on the people who actually showed up down here. Let's start with the United States Senate race. So Rand Paul and Mitch McConnell were not here. They're on the floor voting in Washington. So standing in for Rand Paul was Kelly Paul. And she... Which, which I think is, is pretty atypical. I don't think normally you get yeah. a, you get a surrogate. But uh, great call by Stephen Elder in the picnic committee. Absolutely. Kelly did Paul did an amazing job. Yeah, she was... Uh, for somebody who hadn't done it before, and, and, you know, she's... I mean, no one's ever done it. I mean, there's nothing like this. She leaned in, and I mean, knocked it out of the park, Sean. She brought the barn down. I mean, people were, were really engaged with her. There were people nodding their heads, screaming. I mean, everyone loved her. Joe Arnold, you are in Louisville, and we're out here at Fancy Farm, but you had the benefit of watching this on television. So what we see here in the crowd and what we see here for all the, you know, you know, the interaction in person, you're getting what most Kentuckians are getting, and that's the television coverage. What was your impression of Kelly Paul? And maybe also talk a little bit about how Charles Booker came off on TV. Actually, I think those two speakers may have been the most impressive. So I think that your 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 question is well taken. Uh, Kelly Paul kind of cut through a lot of the clatter. I think Charles Booker, frankly, had somewhat of a unifying message off the top, basically saying, and, and it goes back to what you said from the very beginning, Scott, in your newspaper column about him as well, as saying you have some admiration for basically him, you know, kind of going into the belly of the beast, if you will, and going, he understands he's in very hostile territory. He said, you know, I might, you, you may stand against me, but I'll stand up for you. You know, that's good lines from him. Kelly Paul, though, she just, she had some of the, she had probably the most classic uh, fancy farm type quips. Uh, you know, the, the Democrats went from promising a chicken in every pot to a drag queen in every school. Yeah. yeah. I mean, regardless really? what you think that, about that line, it basically, it cuts through everything and it kind of defines what the campaign is all about in, at least in Rand Paul's perspective, in, in five seconds. I will just say one other comment here from you know, looking from the outside, not whether I'm watching in Louisville or watching anywhere in the country or the world, it is such a different event in person than it is on uh, on television and receiving it. On TV, it's just a lot angrier. It's a lot, uh, it's just a lot louder and just kind of annoying. It, it really is hard to kind of appreciate. You were saying there's some back and forth going on. It, to me, the beauty of Fancy Farm historically was perhaps when there was the era of maybe when there were some clever hecklers. Now it's just basically who can be the loudest is what it appears to be on TV. If you're telling me that in person there was more of a give and take, 
that's that's one of the fancy farm that I like. Yeah, there there was a give and take, and we'll get to the gubernatorial candidates in a minute. That what you just said really manifested itself when Daniel Cameron, the Attorney General, spoke because the, the, there was nobody here today who the Democrats hated more than Daniel Cameron. I mean, he was obviously the, their focus, and when he took the stage, it was deafening under the pavilion. There wasn't really any heckling. I mean, it, it was just loud screaming and booing. But let's let's continue to focus on the Senate race for a second. I, I will say. I've never seen haymakers thrown like this by both campaigns. I mean, Joe referenced a couple of the lines. These were some amazingly big swings that both campaigns took each other. When Kelly Paul said uh, Charles Booker's best friend tried to assassinate Greg Greenberg, the candidate for mayor of Louisville, I mean, these were big-time haymakers, and the crowd was really responding to it. And I mean, these were these were off the top rope, man. Like Jared, I, yeah, I, 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 you've been to a few of these. I, I mean, holy cow! I, I will add one of the things I, I found uh, pretty funny about Charles Booker's zingers or one-liners or points of attack. He was very critical that that Senator Paul was not here. Of course, ironically, Governor Bashir is not here as well, right? And so there is a little bit of that 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 kind of falls flat when you're like, he's not here, he won't show up for you. And of course, Senator Paul's been here in the past, but. Uh, his party is really the one that isn't showing up. I will add to, to Booker's credit, too, they got people here, too, right? Like, it wasn't yeah. just that he showed up. They got activists here or, you know, people part of his campaign. They had signs. They were interactive, too. And I thought they were, again, that kind of positive interaction, right? The good cheers, the good jeers. You, you raised a point about the whole Fancy Farm experience that you don't get from just the speeches, and that's the whole idea of organization. And, you know, from the drive-in where you see who's got the good sign positions yeah. on the road, to when you get out here to the grounds, who's got supporters in t-shirts, you know, who's got sort of an organized effort. I do think Booker deserves credit. They put on a real yeah. effort. This yeah. wasn't, oh, yeah. they, they didn't, uh, uh, they didn't uh, sort of halfway do it. They went all in on the traditional full-blown fancy farm experience. All right, let's go around the robin here. Uh, is that what you say? Around the robin? Or let's have a round, round robin, robin on the U.S. Robin. Senate race. <laughs> Who do, who do we think won the exchange day on the U.S. Senate race? The Rand Paul campaign or the Charles Booker campaign? Kevin Gray. I think it's Kelly Paul. The line that Joe re- mentioned about a chicken in every pot and a drag queen in every school, it literally took everyone gasped. I don't think they were expecting it and then just bust out laughing. Yeah, she, right. went, she went for it. Win, I think, best line of the day. Sean Southern. I agree, and I, I tell you what, it's, it's, it's a case, there's a case to be made about always going second rather than going first. And so the way that she was allowed to respond and the crowd reaction, I think that she came out the winner. Yeah, Kelly Paul, and again, you know, stepping up to the moment, right? Like, she was facing the biggest opponent on the stage, too, and delivered. Uh, so, yeah, I'll go with Kelly Paul, but again, I think credit to Charles Booker. All right, Rand Paul campaign, I'll, uh, I'll make it unanimous here at the table. I got the best of it, although I do want to give an honorable mention to Booker, and I yeah. said this in my yeah. newspaper piece. Kudos to him for showing up. He had guts to come down here. There's not a lot of votes for him yeah. down here, but he had guts enough to show up, and this is his strong suit. He's an orator. Yeah. And so it was smart for him to do it. So glad he came. I think Kelly Paul stole the show on the U.S. Senate race. Joe Arnold, final impression on U.S. Senate. I'll say from a TV perspective, watching it from here, I think Charles Booker, you know, there's no question that he is aimed for the top in two Senate campaigns back to back. He's running in the wrong state, uh, you know, to be able to kind of achieve any kind of success in those aspirations. But he's talented. I mean, he, he really, I think, uh, connected, at least it seemed to me, to be with a camera, at least, if not with the crowd. So I guess, again, kudos to him for being there and for appreciating the environment in which he was going to be there and embracing it. But there's no question that Kelly Paul, who has the benefit of not being on the ballot herself and has that freedom to be able to kind of, like you said, to have those haymakers there. There's no question. I think that she was the 
the speaker of the day, not just in the, just in the between the Senate race. I'll, I'll add just quickly, last thing. I think Booker's first line was really great, where he said, "You may not like me or you may not vote for me, but I'm still going to give you quality health care." I like that line. I thought that was yeah, good. Yeah, that was a good line. He was authentic. He, you know, yeah. he, he gave an authentic. He, he knew what he was walking speech. into. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. That's the U.S. Senate race. Let's move on to the race for governor 2023. Andy Bashir was not here. Jacqueline Coleman, the lieutenant governor, was not here. So the principal Democrat stand-in for the Bashirs, Sean Southern, was Coleman Elridge. Sure was. Who was the Democrat Party chairman. You were on TV with Coleman just before I on was. KET. Mm-hmm. What did you think of him on television before? What did you think of his remarks today? You know, I thought that he did a much better job behind the podium than he did on KET. He's, he was a good speaker. He delivered his speech, uh, and uh, he did a good job, I thought. Yeah, he, he did. I think he went over the line, frankly, on calling Republican supporters of Savannah well, Mass uh, white supremacists, because yes. I, I expected that out of Coleman. And, I, you know, it's something I didn't mention on Booker when he he was using the phrase, he's trying to screw you about Randy. He's trying to yeah. screw you. I, yeah. I, I think for this event, it's a little little, a little over much. the line for me. It's not yeah. quite as bad as the Conway gaffe that one year, but I, I, I don't know. I, that may not have played as well broadly as they think it did when they were writing it down. But that's the beauty of having someone come and speak on your behalf at, at Fancy Farm. They can push the envelope a little bit more, go a little farther without some of the bad uh, bad effects falling on you. Yeah, Elrich has the benefit of not having any constituents other than the most left-wing progressive you know, zealots in the state. And so so they, they, they want him to be as outrageous as possible, but I agree with you. I think he did a. I think he did a from a, a mechanic standpoint. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he yeah. did. He did. A, he did a good job did, standing in. I yeah. did tell him on TV that I, I'm for him and be like lifelong chairman of the Kentucky <laughs> Democrat Party because he's done so much good in not recruiting people to, to run against Republicans and flipping the voter registration to Republican for the first time in our history. So the candidates on the Republican side were here, other than Kelly Craft, who's not in the race yet. We expect her to file maybe in a month, but they all hold some other state office. So Daniel Cameron, Ryan Quarles, Mike Harmon, and Savannah Maddox, all current office holders. Let's go down the list. The kickoff speaker for the Republicans on this race was the Agriculture Commissioner, Ryan Quarles. What do we think of Commissioner Quarles? He's a he's an old pro down here. He's in oh, his yeah. uh, seventh yeah. year as Ag Commissioner. He's been coming down here for a long time, and this is a farming community. Jared? Yeah, I think you can absolutely tell that. He has also emceed this event before, too. There are people who either go too long or go too short or kind of give in to the crowd. We saw that with some speakers where they acknowledge the booze or something like that. Quarles is it's clearly, you know, knows the time limit, knows those things, knows what he has to say, uh, and, you know, took some shots, right? Like, these guys, there's a lot of energy within the Republican Party, uh, and I think good, young energy. Quarles is, is a part of that. Uh, and so, yeah, I thought he had a really good speech. Again, professional, probably one of the best mechanical speeches. Joe Arnold, impressions of Ryan Quarles. No, I think he did a good job uh, it, for as much as he could kind of cut through the clatter again. I, th- I really think that, the just going back as far as the environment on TV, after Booker and Kelly Paul, it, was, it, it seemed like it was just sort of, it didn't have as much punch or energy for the rest of the program. Uh, that said, you know, he says, I'm a Christian, pro-life, pro-gun, I'll protect your liberties. Kind of began a uh, sort of a, a, a series of comments about Andy Bashir, you know, shutting down the state uh, during COVID versus what he would have done. You know, overall, fine. I don't think he did any damage, but uh, I wouldn't say that any of, well, we'll get to the other speakers here, but I, th- I thought he was fine. I mean, he, he did a kind of, he, he, he sort of started the, the uh, shadow boxing, or maybe more than shadow boxing, by taking a couple of shots at Daniel Cameron, Kevin Grout, sort of uh, poking a little bit at, at Daniel on the, uh, 
uh, AG aspiring right. governor uh, moniker. Yeah, and he, and he never called him out by name. It was a, a, a little gentleman's hit. It was but light. I, it, it was if light. If you know, yeah. you know. Yeah, and that's all, all it was. It was just some, some general ribbing and, you know, then went into saying why he, what, what, what he brought to the table and why he was the best candidate. But I, I think Jared's exactly right. This was a, a polished, polished message that he delivered because it's the same stump speech he's been delivering across the state. And I, th- I think it responds. He hit all the high points. He hit. For uh, those folks... I'm sorry, Kevin. For, for those folks who are watching from home, and I don't know what your impression was there, it was interestingly, you know, David Osborne, who's the Speaker of the House of Kentucky, who introduced everybody, he actually had a few kind of like acerbic jabs for a couple of them. He kind of, kind of poked They were not light jabs at Christian yeah. Corals. Yeah, yeah. With basically, and what, overeducated and, and, uh, and undermarried, or whatever the phrase <laughs> is, because the guy has six degrees and and no wife and, and then as he comes to the podium he says will you accept this rose i mean it was just bizarre but funny yeah i thought uh i mean we haven't done the mc piece yet but no. man david david osborne who I, I live in his district and uh and i've uh, known him for many many years he he got his shots in today it was a uh, it was something else okay let's because nobody could shoot back at him so yeah. he had a free yeah. Yeah. right yeah. let's uh, let's move on to the next speaker and i think the front runner of the uh, republican primary for governor at the moment early front runner is daniel cameron the state attorney general uh gave i think a very very good fancy farm speech under the conditions and by conditions i mean i don't know if i've ever heard a crowd maybe 2014 right, right. mitch mcconnell maybe 20 uh, maybe back in the 2000s, maybe 08, like some of the McConnell races. But Daniel Cameron inspires Democratic screaming to a level. I've never heard it. Like I mean, it was deafening. And so when you're a speaker, and I've been up there before, and it's that loud when it's that deafening, it's hard to hear yourself. And so it's hard to give a speech. I, I credit Daniel for powering through the crowd, Jared. Yeah, I, I texted my brother during it and said, Democrats, H-A-T-E, all capitals, hate Daniel. I mean, it, it was loud. They were up there swinging their towels and their fans and their signs. Um, I hope that's not the story because I thought Daniel gave it right back to him. He had the energy. He's, you know, he really brings it to, uh, and again, a good speech, right? I mean, these guys uh, have, have done this for a few years now, and so they know what to say. I think Daniel, too, when he gets up there, he probably knows he's the front runner. Scott, you've mentioned this before. You can't win at Fancy Farm, but you can lose. Daniel, I, I think, came close to maybe winning today. I know we might do a round robin again. Yeah. But Daniel, I think his energy is just so infectious. He's yeah. likable. He's, you know, he, had, he had a smile the whole time, yes, even when they were yeah. shouting in his face. He, I mean, he that, powered through. And I think he also probably gave the longest um, tribute to Eastern Kentucky. And now while he did like go over time and have to get played off, I think he did a yeah. great job of pairing that we're staying there, focused on Eastern Kentucky, while also making a case uh, you know, his, his pro-life credentials are yeah. strong. He's beat the Biden administration. He said, I am the reason there are no abortions in Kentucky right yeah. now, more or less. And I thought that was a very, very effective line. Oh, for a Republican primary like the one he's currently in, that, that message uh, vector for him was dead on. So that was a very wise strategic move. He, he was smiling. He was into it. You could tell he practiced mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and really came to play. You know, Daniel, because of his... Uh, reputation for being one of the better orators in in Republican politics right now. Whenever you go to a thing, it's all about public speaking. It's like you know, it's like when Albert Pujols or you know <laughs> Babe Ruth like comes up to the plate. Like you expect yeah. them to do something, yeah. and so he always has, I think, more pressure. Then you throw in the crowd noise, and it, it's quite a thing. So uh, a good job by Cameron. The next one up was Mike Harmon, the state auditor. Mike has a reputation year after year for giving his. Uh, is sort of a folksy jokes. You might be a Democrat jokes. What'd you think, guys? 
you know, I was laughing. I mean, they're, 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 <laughs> he, he was trying to do a call and response, which is always difficult at Fancy Farm. But, yes, I mean, yeah. they, they were funny jokes. Yeah, Jared? Yeah, my, again, Mike Harmon has this kind of shtick. If you go back and, and watch past years, and he does the card. Top, yeah. Like Letterman? Or, yeah, it's kind of Letterman or, style. Yeah, yeah. Or Dennis to, Miller, was it, maybe? One yeah. of them. Yeah. Used to, one of the late night guys or SNL guys used yeah. to do that, too. And I, I kind of like that. I like the ability to get up there and be comfortable enough where you can play into a bit. Again, Mike Harmon's done this for a long time. I'll say this about Mike Harmon. I don't think many people thought he would beat Adam Eadland yeah. when he ran for auditor. And you know, he's definitely the underdog here, too, in terms of fundraising and, and polling. Uh, but he goes up there, and he's just like he's everybody's dad. He doesn't care. He really He's one of these guys who's just so genuine. You have to love no, no matter what he's saying, even if they're bad. But he's not always just – I mean, he, he is not afraid to draw the sharp contrast between him oh, yeah. and Governor Bashir. And I, I think he, – he says, if you want this kind of governor, take a look at me. And I think, I think yeah. some people will. I think the thing about – about Mike Harmon is I don't think there's a politician who's as comfortable in their own skin as Mike Harmon. He knows who he is, and he embraces it, and he leans into it, and and there's a lot to be said for that in politics. Joe, how did Harmon's jokes play on television? Oh, about the same uh, as typical years. I I would say that, again, going back to what I said earlier, after the... uh, some of the earlier speakers and after the just the energy of the crowd uh, during Daniel Cameron's remarks, it was it was difficult at that point to almost you know get into anything. Uh, he yeah he did fine. Uh, I, I will say this for a moment, just back to Daniel Cameron, just for a second here, uh, just to echo your remarks. I think he was the perhaps the most unflappable. Just seemed to be prepared for for the moment. He also said something in his remarks, and and this kind of reminds me because Mike Harmon. As far as his, you know, statewide credibility or electability uh, in, in that kind of a big race, Mike or Daniel Cameron did kind of make the statement, "I am the only one on the stage who can beat Andy Bashir." Yeah. So that to me was a very interesting kind of uh, putting a stake in the ground and really kind of challenging everybody else up there. I don't know if anyone did anything today at this event, at least, to really counter. You know, Cameron claiming that mantle. Well, I think I think the Democratic response to Cameron shows who they don't want to face or you know yeah. who who engenders the most angst in their base. I mean you didn't just you just didn't see the reaction from the Democrats. Now that doesn't mean anything today. Obviously they have policy reasons why they're upset with Daniel. But obviously and and I think it's it's easy to acknowledge this now because it's true. It won't may not always be that way, but he's by far the most famous of the candidates running. He's got the highest name ID uh, for, Trump for a lot of reasons. He's got the right. Trump endorsement. Yeah. So he you know he's got that today. Looming over all this, of course, is Kelly Kraft, who's not in the race yet, but could potentially reverse those conditions if she gets in and spends, you know, what she's capable of spending. But we weren't, we're not going to know that yet, and so uh, we're just dealing with today. The last one, guys, was Savannah Maddox, state representative. She was the last speaker, and they made the decision to invite her. I, I coming into this, thought she had the most possible upside because I think the least was expected of her, and 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 it was her her first shot at it. And I'll be honest, I think she bombed. I thought her jokes were. Not great. There was a lot of silence, and at Fancy Farm, if they're not, if no one's booing and no one's cheering, uh, it's it, it's not going over that well. She took some gratuitous shots. At, I mean, nobody questions whether Ryan Quarles is an actual farmer. I mean, he's an actual <laughs> farmer. I mean, the Quarles family's been farmers for generations. So I I didn't think she did all that great today. What'd you guys think, Kevin? Yeah, uh, she made a big announcement today uh, of an endorsement from Thomas Massey, which I. I'm not sure how many people have heard of down here. He's a congressman from a different part of Kentucky. Um, you know, it was a speech. She she got well up there. for her for her crowd for her crowd yeah. for the Liberty crowd. She's hoping two things: one, 
if you've heard of Thomas Massey and you're down here, you, you'll be for her. That's, and B, she's hoping Matt Bevin, the former governor, doesn't get into the race. And so she's trying to dissuade him, I guess, with those kinds of endorsements. Her name will be listed among all the people who spoke, and I think that's the best thing that came out of today. Joe had to play on television. Well, it's interesting because, uh, you know, she's the exact opposite of Mike Harmon. You know, Mike is somebody who can give some zingers, but it's all pretty much in good fun. And, and you can kind of still kind of laugh and slap your back afterward. And she's the only one who basically went after her own party today. I mean, yeah. she started off by saying they're the opposite of the Dos Equis guy. They're the least interesting men in politics. Yeah. You know, kind of attacking. Not, not, I'm not saying the joke landed, but the fact <laughs> then that she proceeded then to you know, talk about how she described Daniel Cameron as being AWOL, you know, in Frankfurt and not taking on Andy Bashir and, and really kind of going at it. So I just found it was very, as far as a contrast for, you know, the, 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 the let's say the second tier uh, of gubernatorial candidates, Mike Harmon was the most personable and Savannah Maddock was the most angry. Somebody that's in her lane that wasn't on the stage, but I guess is going to run. And I talked to someone from his campaign who now tells me he's going to run as a Republican is Eric Dieters. Uh, who's been making a lot of appearances across the state, has apparently been funding activities out of his own pocket, and according to his campaign guy today, is going to put in a lot more money. He didn't speak. He did have some people here. I think if you're Maddox, the problem for you is if Dieters gets in, if Matt Bevin gets in, then you've got multiple people kind of fighting for the same lane, and that would be uh, that would be really problematic for her campaign. So I'm glad I'm glad I'm glad Fancy Farm invited her. I think it was smart for the picnic to do that, and I'm glad she came. I don't think she left a strong impression. All right, let's do a round robin. Who won the day on Kentucky Gov 2023 down here at Fancy Farm? Anybody think? Let me ask. Let me ask it this way: Does anybody think anybody committed any big mistakes? Well, I was actually going to kick it to you, Scott. Uh, so the 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 inclusion of Savannah was questioned by some people because of uh, like past lineups, and then the non-inclusion of Booker last year. Was her coming and accepting maybe a mistake? Did she maybe not be as polished as she thinks she is? Is she not? Well, it's the last Fancy Farm before the prime. I think the thing about Fancy Farm now is we used to think of it as the kickoff to the general election. But now I think we, as much as anything, have to think of it as the kickoff to the Republican primary for whatever office. I mean, Sean, uh, you know, and, and, and was talked about on the stage today. The, the Kentucky is now a majority Republican state. Every big office right. is going to have a big primary. And so I think if you're the fancy farm guys, you've got to not just be thinking about November. you got to be thinking about next May. And look at the governor's race. You already have all these candidates. It's going to be yeah. that way from now on. Well, I did feel that way. It felt that way like when years passed, whenever we, we come down here, that it's the kickoff of a campaign season. But this year it felt like it was the kickoff of the 2023 cycle. Yeah. I, I, I'll just wrap up on the governor's piece. I'm going to put everybody... Uh, uh, on the spot here. I don't think anybody made a mistake today. In fact, if I had one big compliment for the entire stage, Democrat and Republican, I think they all played to their own strengths. I think they obviously prepared. I think their their uh, energy with the crowd all around was good with just a couple of exceptions. And so I don't think anybody hurt themselves. I don't think anybody made a mistake. I think we saw some people flexing some organizational muscle. Uh, and I think if today's Fancy Farm is any indication of what this primary is going to look like over the next few months, we're in for a hot one. A couple of other topics for me before we have to go. Number one, David Osborne. Pretty good job as yep. MC. Yeah, not too bad. Too. He got some got some sharp barbs in. And number two, we didn't really talk about it because uh, it's not a hot race. But the first district congressman here in West Kentucky is Jamie Comer. And Jamie Comer doesn't have much of a race, and he'll win easily. But he's the next chairman of the Oversight Committee in Washington. He's going to be one of the most famous Republicans in the country. He always gives one of the best Fancy Farm speeches. He delivered again this year. He really has this thing down. 
And I just wanted to say, once again, I mean, it's like it's like easy to not talk about JV because we've just come to expect such good performances down here. But he delivered once again, Jared. Yeah, if his message is anything, it's like, just watch. Just yeah. watch. Okay, just give me a few months. We're going to win this election. And then just watch. And he's got an agenda set out. And he said, just, oh, yeah. just tune into Fox Biden, News and you'll Biden see. Biden crime family. All right, final impressions, guys. Joe Arnold, final impressions at home watching the 142nd annual Fancy Farm. Um, I'm, I wish I was there because even though it's hot, I, it, the, the food looks amazing. I think it probably was much more entertaining and relevant if you were there. I just don't think it was all that effective for most of the of the folks uh, out in TV land. Other than, like I said, I think Kelly Paul kind of reached through the screen and, and cap, encapsulated well. Daniel Cameron probably looked the most uh, ready on the big time stage. And Charles Booker, I think, won a lot of admiration for uh, for, for going into the uh, that, that kind of environment and, and stayed authentic to it. Wrapping up, Jared. Yeah, uh, good day, good energy. Hopefully this, again, means next year Democrats will look and see what Charles Booker was able to do and, and come back. Sean Southern. It's the kickoff to the 2023 season, and I've got to go pick up some barbecue to drop off at the governor's mansion. Enjoy it. <laughs> Kevin Grout. Biggest loser today is Andy Bashir and Jacqueline Coleman for not showing up. I think everybody else performed, and they're left out. They're not in big-time races, although uh, they are running for other offices, but I want to give a shout-out to two friends, the Secretary of State, Mike Adams, who just announced he's running for re-election. He gave a great speech today, and Allison Ball, the current state treasurer, she's running for state auditor. I candidly expect them both to be easily reelected next year. So they weren't the they weren't the marquee story today, but they both did a great job. Here comes the Attorney General, hey Daniel guys. Cameron. Hey. Daniel Cameron's here. Daniel. Hey guys, how are you all? Daniel, is... we're recording our podcast, which we're going to upload here in just a second. We were just having a conversation about about uh, I, I don't think I've ever heard it as loud under the pavilion as when you took. I mean, was it as deafening up there as it sounded to us? It, but you know, man, I relish those moments. I mean, I I, I want to be in a position as a conservative. Uh, to make sure that people know that I'm going to stand up and I'm not afraid of the mob. I'm not afraid of folks. Uh, they're going to call me names because I'm a, a black conservative or I'm a conservative, period. We're going to stand our ground. Uh, we're going to do what's right by the citizens here of the Commonwealth. And I hope folks saw that contrast today because you need a fighter that's going to be the next governor of Kentucky. And you see what Ron DeSantis is doing in Florida. You see what Glenn Youngkin, those individuals uh, have been able to punch above the, the weight, the collective weight of their states, because they're not afraid. They're not afraid to go against the liberal machines in their country or the, in their states. And I'm not going to be afraid to go against the liberal machine here in Kentucky. Daniel, it looks like you're leaning into the pro-life message. You've obviously been fighting on the abortion laws here in Kentucky all the way to the Supreme Court. Do you see that as one of the marquee issues for your campaign? Well, look, I'm the only candidate right now that can say um, because of the work that we've done in this last week have gotten abortions ended in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. It's that simple. I'm pro-life. We're obviously going to continue working hard. I know Adia and others are working hard for the Yes for Life Amendment that's coming at the end uh, of uh, in November. That's the uh, amendment, amendment 2. I hope people are going to vote yes for that. Um, but this is a really important issue. Uh, you talk about the values of Kentucky. This is a value that's really important to the men, women, and children of all 120 counties. Um, and I'm grateful to serve in this capacity so I can help defend pro-life legislation. Now, we heard the agriculture commissioner do a little do a little light boxing with you up there. Really? Today. I, didn't, you, I uh, didn't catch any uh, of that. You, uh, What's that about? Uh, I, was, I was expecting it out of uh, Coleman Elridge, a yeah, Democrat chairman. Sure. Were, you, were you surprised uh, to hear just a... I mean, I guess it's sort of par for the course down here. Well, look, I think if anybody's looked at the poll numbers internally or externally, I think they see that perhaps I'm the front runner. 
Uh, President Trump has endorsed our campaign. Susan B. Anthony, Pro-Life America, has endorsed this campaign. We've had over 50 law enforcement officials endorse this campaign. So I think if anybody else that's in the Republican primary at this point uh, wants to uh, set themselves apart, and, you know, look, if you look at my track record and you look at other candidates' track records in this race, I think it's very clear who's been in the arena and who's not been. Um, and so they're going to have to figure out a way to attack me. McKenzie and I, like I said during the speech, um, have uh, endured a lot. Uh, but we never waver, and we're going to be tough, and we're going to continue to push forward and, and work hard. I'm going to ask you one last question. This was McKenzie's uh, uh, second, yeah. second fancy farm, yeah. but I, but honestly, the this, real is, deal. this is the first real deal fan. Because yeah. last yeah. year, you know, there were no Democrats. There were no here. Democrats here, yeah. And this right. year, they were all here. And so, yeah. I just wondered what uh, what McKenzie took away from it coming down from the stage. Oh, you look. You know, I mentally prepared her. I think you know she's she's seen now what it can really be like. <laughs> uh, and look, she she's a tough cookie, uh, and, and she's been. Um, She's been a great support system and the love of my life. And, you know, she's my backbone. And, you know, whenever I start to wobble a little bit, she just helps straighten me up. And um, I'm excited to have her on this journey with me. Are we going to see baby Theodore on the campaign trail? I hope so. He, you know, he right now, he's still trying to figure out, you know, just uh, to start to say some words. And so I'm hoping I can get him to say Daniel Cameron for governor in 2023. How about that? <laughs> That'll be nice. That's, <laughs> That's right. That's a good start, man. All right, guys. Thank Thanks, you, guys. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks, buddy. That was Daniel by. Cameron, the Kentucky Attorney General. Just stopped by the Flower Country booth after coming down from the 142nd annual Fancy Farm stage. Guys, uh, he was interrupting my, my final thoughts. I was trying to, <laughs> I was trying to say something nice about Mike Adams and Allison Ball, and, uh, and I hope that came through because I think they did great. But yeah. I tell you what we ought to do, now that we've been to Fancy Farm and Daniel has stopped by, we should invite all the gubernatorial candidates Absolutely. to come on the pod, and we're going to give them all a chance to make their case uh, uh, here as we uh, run up to the May primary next year. Last thoughts, anybody? Joe Arnold? Sean Southern, Kevin Grout, Jared Crawford, you've been a great panel today. I'm just a fun day. I period. love. I gotta say, I like being out in the wild. I like being out here on the <laughs> yeah. fly. Oh, yeah. Emergency pod. Signs been, falling over. Sign, yeah, we got people yeah. running by. It's happening live. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So, for Joe, Sean, Kevin, Jared, I'm Scott Jennings. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in studio Wednesday night. You're listening to Flyover Country with Scott Jennings. Flyover Country with Scott Jennings is a production of Bluegrass Media Lab, coming to you from the heart of Middle America, Louisville, Kentucky. If you like what you heard, subscribe to Flyover Country on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Mm-hmm.